Welcome back to the Pastor and the Witch podcast recorded here in Muncie, Indiana. I am here with my amazing, sexy husband. Grant. And I am Jordan Butler. (laughs) (laughs) And Jordan Butler. (laughs) We are in a little bit of a different arrangement in here tonight. Oh, yeah. It's awkward. It is awkward. We've got a cool new desk that's like a... uh, this would be considered a the fuck, like a production desk, so I still don't have everything set up. Yep, now everyone in this house has a place to do homework. <laughs> yeah, we're the house of desks. <laughs> so, babe, what are we going to talk about tonight? What do you want to talk about? I think we should backtrack a little bit okay and talk a little bit more about the church yeah that's cool with me we'll talk about the differences and things like that i think like uh the church in general is like a very black and white perception i guess you could say to the church do you know what i mean when i say that like a lot of people a lot of people aren't indifferent on the church. Let's just say that. There's no people, you know, that are just like, maybe. That's either like no or yes. Right. And it's usually a hard yes or a very hard no. Yep. Rightfully so. I get it. Well, I know that you have a lot more experience with the church than I do. Yeah, I do. I, You know, part of me, I wonder, like, if, if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Before, I would have said it was a good thing, possibly. But now, you know, I I don't know. I feel weird, you know, like when I left the, well, like when I was fired from the church, but when I left the church, like, uh, my beliefs never changed through all the bullshit, you know. My beliefs never really changed, but when I left the church, my my view on the church itself changed. How is that, like? Well, I had to, like, kind of differentiate like is it the church is it just people in general is it me you know and so I kind of had to like have that fun period where you're like in your head a lot and you're like am I am I a loser am I like a fuck up what did I do wrong I know I did things wrong but also like the aspect of friends like especially two people that I, I literally I really considered a friend and um and it was close to you know and just kind of getting like, like everything that happened, it it made me feel like I was dumb. Cause I was like, am I, like, did I buy into a lie? I don't think I did, but like, I still questioned myself on that. Right. Well, I mean, these friends, like you, went to shows together and. Yeah, I mean, one of them we went and saw Kurt Vile, we saw Dinosaur Junior, um, a, a bunch of like cool fucking bands. Easy Easy Action was there. Fuck, Easy Action opened up. Uh-huh. That was John Brennan from uh, The Laughing Hyenas and uh, Negative Approach. Like, the, as the very first time I ever saw that guy. I didn't know he was a dude from Negative Approach because he was like 17 or 19 and he had a shaved head. But like The Laughing Hyenas, they played here in town. They played it. Back then it was called, well, it was Docs, but back then it was, I forget what it was called. But Valhalla now. Huh. Yeah, I mean, that's like classic band. No, it's a punk rock band. A lot of people don't know them. But 
So what is your, when you look at the church now compared to how you looked at the church, let's say five years ago, what's different? The biggest difference is I don't go to a church. So even when I did and was a pastor, I thought the idea of having a centralized place, like I get why they do and I understand. I don't think there's anything wrong with that like having a centralized place, like a building, right? But the idea of, like, basing everything out of that building, like, was always weird to me, and I never felt comfortable in church. That's why, like, somebody like Vince Stoltz, and I know we've talked about him before, but he was, like, the first dude that ever told me, like, that my feelings, one, were valid about the church, but two, like, it was okay to feel that way. Because I was like, this is so dumb. Like, why are we all coming here? You know what I mean? Like, and part of that was youth, I think, but also, like, just, you know, wondering, like, why is everything based out of a church, you know? I mean, I I remember back in the day, people would be like, those are your church clothes? <laughs> You're like, what the fuck is church clothes? Like, you know, like, <laughs> the idea of somebody, like, dressing up because they want to or something is, is fine, but, you know. Yeah, I remember, like, growing up, going to churches, like, sometimes I would have to dress up nicer, and then other times I could wear what I want. <laughs> yeah, like, I I mean, I really, like, <laughs> my parents weren't like that, you know what I mean? Like, they, uh, not like that at all, so, and I still, to this day, wouldn't consider them religious people at all, but a lot of people probably would. But, you know, my view on the church, it changed to, like, five years ago, I probably would have had more hope in different aspects of the church than I do today. Like, like what? Well, uh, you know, I know there's a ton of churches that do a, a amazing stuff for communities that they're in and um, things like that and helping the poor and the sick, but... You know, that's that thing I had to question, like, is this my, am I disagreeing because it's a group of people, or am I disagreeing because it's the church? Right. You know? Because my feelings on, like, my beliefs never changed. Um, there were some harder answers in my head that I had to kind of, like, come to a conclusion, even if temporary, but the idea that you know, because you tell, like, you tell a Christian you don't go to church or if they ask you, and everybody asks me, you know, when they see me because they know as a pastor, and you tell them you don't go, it's like, uh, it's offensive, you know? Like, I had that one pastor tell me, like, and we're friends, but he was just like, uh, a guy named Bob Bannon, he's at, he's a Presbyterian pastor at New Life in Yorktown, and, and Bob's awesome, great dude, really, really great dude, and, um, I've known him for several years and had friends that went to that church and, you know, Aaron Mize went to that church and we were playing in a band. So I really kind of got to know some of that guy, like the way he does leadership and stuff. And it was cool. But, you know, he would come into the record store sometimes. It's funny because he bought like a Pantera Volume Display of Power record for his brother-in-law for Christmas one year. And, um, you know, I'm like holding that. I'm like, yeah, this song is called Fucking Hostile. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just laugh. But... Like, when I told him, he heard about it, you know, what happened. And we talked about that aspect briefly. But then he said, where are you going to church now? And I said, I'm not. 
And he's like, you need to be in a church. And I was like, no, I don't. And, and it wasn't done in a disrespectful way on his part or on my part. And he was like, no, you need to be at a church. And I was like, we're going to have to agree to disagree. Because, like, I, I, I'm not going to go, you know? Well, like, what was his reaction? Really? I think his reaction was um, he probably knew that I was still kind of, like, hurt on some things. And he probably just showed me grace. But, you know, and every time I've seen him since then, he hasn't acted different. And, you know, but we haven't talked about church, you know. Do you think he meant you needed to be in a church because you need God or you needed to be in a church because you have a gift? No, I think uh, I need. he thought he would want me to be in a church um, because, one, he believes that's what the Bible teaches, the New Testament, um, which is true. Uh, but my idea of church and his idea of church prior different in some areas. But, and it, so it was just like, you need to be in the church because you're part of the body, you know? Right. Um, I'm trying to think of a good question. It's like weird talking about this though, because I even feel bad like talking about it. Cause well, I, I feel good. like I'm talking shit, you know, and I don't want to see anybody hurt, you know? So let's talk about, um, well, when you were fired. That was a fun night. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know what? Like, that day was a Monday because that's – I got fired at an elder meeting. And I – at first, for, like, the first, like, part of the day, I totally forgot there was an elder meeting. And – because it would be, like – I can't remember, like, the second, like, fourth Monday of it. So it's two, two Mondays a month every other week. But if there was a fifth Monday that – that week they wouldn't have one and I thought it was the fifth Monday but I was wrong and so it wasn't until like right before I was leaving work for that day that I was like they were like Ted was like you're gonna be at the elder meeting tonight and he was like talking to me like I mean, he was being nice to me oh fuck yeah I'll take out that sorry <laughs> well let's just stop it and <laughs> yeah we okay so I'll take that out but this guy he was being like very nice to me which was like he was usually very cold and very gray very black and white really not no gray but he uh was being nice to me and I was like oh shit I got a fucking elder meeting tonight because I, I did not like those meetings whatsoever and so I, it would have been funny though if like I forgot to show up to the meeting I get fired at <laughs> I wonder <laughs> if they would have called me and be like hey you need to come in mm. and I'd be like why? And they're like, we have an elder meeting. I'm like, oh, like, you need to get here because we need to fire you. Oh <laughs> that, my gosh. That would be fucking hilarious. <clears throat> so I was like, oh man, you know, I got to go to this meeting. So I go into the meeting and I remember. Hold on, let me stop you for a second. Okay. But wasn't there talk going around? Like, didn't you kind of expect it? Oh, I would It had been going on for weeks. It had been going on for months because I would have pastors in the community come up like, Hey, what are you up to? And I'd be like, nothing, like, you know, just working. And, and I, you know, I would tell them, like, I was somewhere along the line, I, they would know that I was still at Mac. And I, this happened, like, with three different pastors. And they'd be like, you didn't get fired from that church? And I was like, no, like, who told you that? And then they would tell me that, like, who told them? And it'd be like another pastor. 
and I, you know, I'd be like, well, if it's going to happen, like, I think it is because people keep talking. And then one time I brought that up in a meeting with our district. And, you know, of course, that person denied everything, which is okay. But it was just like, I've never, I mean, can you imagine that's like bumping into people, you know, in town and be like, oh, I thought you got fired. And be like, why would you even think that? Well, so-and-so told me. It's like, well, somebody's talking, you know. And that's like kind of, because the day I got fired, I texted one of my friends who was an elder, and I was like, hey, am I walking into a firing squad or a shooting squad, firing squad or whatever? And uh, he never texted me back, which was unlike him. So I walk into this meeting, and they're not all there yet, but like all of them but one is there. But I notice like (laughs) none of them are trying to make eye contact with me. And they're just, like, trying to do that small, nervous talk because, like, the guy they're going to fire just walked in the room. And then the other friend of mine came in. And when he sat down, he, like, put his hand on my knee, kind of, like, bumped me, like, hey, what's up, man? And um, then, but then I noticed, like, one of these guys, (laughs) he was really sick, and supposedly, and he had his hood over his head. And like pulled up, and then he was, but he wouldn't look at me the entire time. And um, so then I was like, yeah, this is gonna happen. And then, so they start the meeting, and I always had to, I was the recorder for there for like the last couple of years where I'd had to do, I had to take the minutes for the meeting. So I hand out the, the minutes from last week because I had approved them the following week. And before, like, the, that's the first thing you fucking do. People approve the minutes. That's, like, how it's ran everywhere. And they stopped me. I'm like, hold on. And this guy, this my lead pastor, was like, he said it in a very, like, very prick way of, like, Grant, so let's just tell everybody, just tell everybody what's going on in your life. Ugh. And And it was like that. And, um, you know, I was like, yeah, I'm, you know, the girl you told me I couldn't be with, like, I'm with her, you know, like, it was almost like I'm fucking. Yeah, that's right, because he, like, had talked about, we talked about this a few episodes ago, but I had cut this woman's hair. Actually, I'm pretty sure yeah. we talked about it. Yeah, we did, and I, and I didn't even know that woman. Like, I've yeah, never she met came in, and I don't remember how the conversation got started, but. Somehow she recognized you and Mac, and she was like, well, didn't his wife pass away or something? Yeah, so like, what, a, what an asshole thing to say to you, too. It's kind of like, I'm going to, like, I'm going to fuck Grant over, and then, even though I don't know him, or his daughter, or you, and then I'm going to, like, make this, like, fucking jab at you. Like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But. I fucking hated that shit, though. Like, mm-hmm. people, like. I'd walk into a room, and he was like, his wife died. And I'm like, God damn it, you fucking know me. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's like, when people do that to you, I get extremely upset. You know? Because it's like, it's like telling a pregnant woman they look, like, huge. You know what I mean? Like, in my opinion. Right. It's like... It just takes common sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they used all that shit against me. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, like, anyway, she, like, that happened on a Friday, and then that following Monday he had yep. said something to you. And I had used the word fiancé when I was communicating with her. So she yep. kind of went and tattletailed and said that 
we were engaged. Well, I, yeah. Yeah. It was. Which you would think would be like a very. We weren't even technically engaged yet either. No, we weren't. But, but we were like, yeah, I mean, gonna get married, like yeah, we knew. Yeah. But still, like you know, like it was just I used that term, and she just went and tattled on you, basically. That was so weird, though, because that was like one of those things where you like, I'm sure this has happened to a lot of people. You go to work and you realize like this is a fucking soap opera, like this is a shit show, and that's part of the issue I have with the church, where it's not probably isn't the church per se. It's what happens when people get together in groups. A weird thing happens. A really cool thing happens, but a weird thing happens too. And then they like start developing their own norms, and they start developing like what's taboo. And granted, some of those things are good, but it also like produces like a climate for a subculture that is very inward. And that's one of the issues I have. So my issue with the church is probably how it's handled. Not necessarily the church itself. And there's some churches I have issue with, you know. Yeah. But back to, you said, he was like, tell everyone what's going on in your life. Yeah. So they, uh, and, you know, I kind of said, and of course, like, I know some people probably think I talk a fucking bunch on this podcast, but like in real life, I don't talk that much, you know. I kind of like, just like chilling and watching people, like, Like, it's cool when we go out to eat and, like, with a group of friends and everybody's talking. I don't have to fucking say anything. I can just be entertained. Yeah. Basically, everything that people are going to find out is going to be through this podcast. I know. (laughs) And and I know, like, the the church, like, looks at me. They, uh, for a majority of the time, they didn't look at me very well to begin with. But at the same time, there were a lot of people who did, like, treat me like a human being, which was cool. But... The church at large, like, just by even me doing this podcast, me marrying you, like, I'm, to- I'm totally discredit- credited. I-, I mean, like, I'm probably not as discredited as, as somebody like Ted Haggard, you know, <laughs> or some of those, like, famous pastors who did some dumb shit. But just in a, a local level, like, yeah, I'm, I mean, I- I- I'm lost, you know. Yeah, but a lot of people have said that, they love the way you would preach. I, I love preaching, you know. I love public speaking in general, which is crazy because I don't like crowds. And But public speaking is a little bit different. Um, as long as you can find your rhythm, you know, you get in the pocket, like, pretty quickly, um, it's okay. And then just kind of, you know, do your thing. And that's what I loved about that aspect. And then I also love, though, just, like, being with, like, people in that church like visiting them in the hospital or jail or you know they had a family member who was dying or things like that I I love that and just hanging out with them in general and just like because that's like one thing when you're a pastor um when you go and meet people they don't ask you how you're doing they unload on you you know and sometimes they unload on you with good things sometimes they don't but I love that because I fucking talk about myself, you know? <laughs> I mean, you might get, hey, how's it going today, you know? But, I mean, I remember, you know. Well, that's why you're a therapist, man. Literally, Yeah. But literally days, like, after Tisha died, people were calling me. I know your wife just died, but, like, I need to talk to you. Oh, my gosh. And they'd leave messages and, like, get mad that I wouldn't call them back. And it was so it was, like, really... 
strange because that was probably the only time in my life where I kind of put my foot down and was like, nope, I'm not doing this right now. And if they fire me, they fire me. Like, fuck it. And, um, and I didn't call people back, you know, for two months. I stayed away. You know, I mean, I had a few, like, uh, a friend's band that came through on tour and they stayed with me for a day. Um, but I wasn't allowing people over or anything. And honestly, I was just doing what any healthy individual does when something like that happens, you know? I mean, yeah, you got to grieve. Yeah. And, you know, like when you have a daughter that's 14 in that time, too, your your mindset isn't on you either. It's on, on them. It was totally on her. But I was very inadequate in how I handled things because I didn't know how to handle anything, you know, like that. Because who the fuck does, you know? I would hate to get so callous with death that it becomes, like, normal. You know what I mean? I know the older we get, the more we will have to endure that rubbing of death, you know? And and that's scary as fuck, you know? Like, my parents, I think about that, too, you know? And that makes me think about, like, the bigger picture of the church, though, you know? Because I think the church is a very beautiful thing. But, like, a lot of things in this world and in this country, you know, the human aspect brings different presentation of things and without the human aspect the church doesn't necessarily you know tangibly exist right well let's get back to your story about getting fired oh yeah so well i don't want to run out of time what what happened was they uh they basically said like you've tried to do some stuff so they they spun it around saying because i remember like one of them the elder one of the elders was my friend after they fired me, and I'll get back to that story here in a second, but I walked out. I was like, man, I've listened to you guys talk long enough. Like, I'm leaving. And one of them was like, leave your key and, like, clean out your office now. And I was like, dude, I'm going to take some shit, but, like, you can clean out my office. Like, fuck you. And, I, of course, I didn't say fuck you. But the elder followed me into my office, and he was like, hey. And I was like, hey, dude, you need to get the fuck away from me right now. I just want to get my shit, and I want to go, and that's it. And he was like, I'm not going anywhere. And I was like, look, dude. I don't want to talk to you. And he said something like, you know, you're being fired because of your performance. And that's the way they spun it. They said I wasn't doing all these things. And, you know, they said they talked about I wasn't living like this life that was good for Michaela, which is funny because none of them had talked to Michaela in years, you know. Um, One of them had, actually. But, you know, like, they didn't fucking know Michaela. I mean the letter that they sent out to the congregation saying I was fired, they misspelled her name. Like, you don't even fucking know. Like, but yeah, I'm like, I'm not being a good dad. And and like, just the shit that they was like in that, I I think back and it's almost comical. It's like a fucking, it's like I was fired in a Monty Python film. You know? Mm -hmm. I mean like, this fucking table of like, circus clowns. Like, thinking they're high and mighty and, like, protecting this thing. And, like, I'm like, I'm just like you, man. I'm a human being, too, you know. So, and they said something like, you know, you've tried to rally the troops, which I never tried to rally the troops. What the hell does that mean? Um, I think they put it as, like, you need to, like, so they wanted me to start this thing called Celebrate Recovery, which is, like, I, mm-hmm. it, it, it follows, it, 
does like deal with the 12 steps, but it's not necessarily a 12. It is a 12 step program, but not necessarily because it's more like a church service. You have worship music and then they go up to three to four hours. And I was like, no, no way. I'm not going to start it like this because like all these 12 step meetings and like Al-Anon and Road to Redemption and Brown is Hope. They're one-hour meetings for the most part because people sometimes have to go there on their lunch break or before they go to work or as soon as they get off work because they need it. And I was like, you can't expect people to fucking take four hours out of their day, three to four hours, you know, and it, it was pointless. But that was one thing. So that never got going as much as I would hoped it would have. But at the same time, there were some other things involved with that, like backing that I just didn't have. And... um but they said, yeah, like, yeah, you've, you know, failed to rally the troops, so we're going to part ways. And then, you know, they offered me a few weeks in uh, severance. And well, it started out as two weeks. Yeah. And then it, then it went to four. And, um, yeah, I, I talked to a friend that, that day, Adam Talent, and I, I think I said something along the lines of, you know, I think I'm going to get fired soon. And we we talked about we talked about uh, basically like he was like you need to ask for as much severance as possible because like you've been there twelve years yeah I was an intern for the first two but I still served a lot and taught on Wednesday nights and preached but so he was like go in there and like throw out a number like lengthwise like we'll pay you for ten months or something so th- in a church most churches anyway the typical severances will pay you for a month for every year you were here so like when the my lead pastor before when he got fired he got like it was like two and a half years of just his normal pay so um you know i said give me give me a year give me 12 months and i just thought like that wasn't extravagant but i knew they wouldn't do it but that's what really hurt me too because you know I had friends on there that weren't just like elders they were like friends that I hung with and um like the idea of like the fact that I have a daughter and you're just gonna like kick me out it's like here you go here's a few weeks like figure it out that was like I took that personal because I think it was intended to be personal yeah and it was right after Christmas Mm -hmm. and Yeah, I don't know. I so just... basically, though, I said, like, hey, if you give me 10 months or what, six months, I'll resign, you know. And and I wouldn't have been malicious about anything. Like, I wouldn't have wrote a letter to the congregation and been like, this is bullshit. No, I just want to be out and done. And um, But they, they were like, we can't afford that. And I'm like, dude, you can afford what you want to, you know. And And there's some other things I could say, but I won't, but... And so I left, not knowing what I was going to get, and then I got a letter, and it was like, we'll give you 10 weeks. So they gave me a week for every year that I was there, like, essentially full-time. I mean, I worked two jobs while I was a pastor, but almost the entire time except the last four years, but, like, like at the church and roasting coffee, and then toured a shit ton during that time, but they... The normal is a month, and they're like a week. And again, it's like, one more fuck you to me, you know? So, like, and that's what, like, you know, 
every now and then I I do like it does. We were talking about this today. It does come up in my mind and something will happen, you know. And I don't like running into people because you remember we ran into somebody and I know they listen to this podcast because they said they did. So I don't want to even give like the background. But something was said and I, I do like this person. I don't know him all that well, but I like him. And he had to go to somebody's house for his job and they were members of the church and they told him that I was working for the caffeinery like it was a like oh Grant's a loser because he's working for a coffee shop you know (laughs) which one to me is like where's your pride at dude but like two it's like so I mean I roasted coffee for the caffeinery for like what six months yeah I was gonna say six seven months and, and you were also an intern. Yeah, I was an intern for IU Health. And and you're now a therapist, so. Yeah. Just saying. But, you know, it was like that, that, it's like I haven't been there in two years and they're still, like, doing shit to kind of, like, jab Stab at you. Yeah. And it's like, dude, like, sorry. I mean, I don't know. I, as long as I'm happy, that's all that matters. Like, if I'm happy making minimum wage cool and if I'm happy being a therapist or being a teacher whatever then cool as long and if it pays shit which you know my job's like in between I think you know I'm very fortunate and grateful but to me it's like man that's pretty uh I mean that just kind of shows you some of that culture climate like he was a pastor and then he went crazy or something and now he's like (laughs) look at him now you don't want to be like him he's doing coffee you know oh and gosh. meanwhile like while i'm roasting coffee we're like listening to fucking you know super haven or super heaven or like fucking black flag you know what i mean so it's like black sabbath and like having fun drinking espresso and fucking roasting the shit out of coffee i loved it but to me it's like man why do you gotta be like that like i don't talk shit about any like i don't go around to people and like make stabs you know especially about people that like well, I was around for a long time. The funny thing is, too, when we've ran into some of these people in public, they don't ever look at you in the eye. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like that, though, because it's like, yeah, just leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to have this com- like the conversation like, what have you been up to? And, and it goes back to, that's one of the things I have, like the issue, like where I don't want people knowing what I'm doing per se. Now, granted, this is a very public platform that we're on, and I understand that, and it could be like I'm taking stabs at them. But I don't want to have that, like, oh, Grant's doing so well now, and he's so happy, and he's got this, like, smoking hot wife, (laughs) and, you know, all the kids are good, and we have a good life. And then, or the opposite would be everything sucks, and, like, fucking lost and I'm angry and don't have a job so what would happen is one the first one like our real life like I explained they go see look we were supposed to fire Grant we were supposed to do this because look at him now he never would have got there like they're taking credit for your hard work but then if like things are bad it's confirmation for what they did like see see Grant's messed up like we made the right call oh my god and that's like when my like one of my bosses in Chicago, like, called me up, like, months after I'd been fired. 
you know, and he, like, left a voicemail and was just like, hey, like, sorry I didn't call you back when, you know, you left Mac. Sorry about that. You ran across my mind. I want to see what you're doing and how you're doing. Just want you to know you're still ordained. And I was just like, I, I didn't respond. I didn't call him back. And I was actually roasting coffee when he called. But I was just like, I'm all right, man. I don't want to talk, you know. I hope nothing but health and I don't know if you told me that. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I felt like, part of me was like, why are you waiting so long now? But honestly, it was probably a a better thing because I don't think I would have picked up back then anyway. And if I would have, it would have been the same scenario. Grant's angry and all this and you guys made the right call. Or he's great and it's like, well, God had a plan for Grant. (laughs) I hate hearing that too. God has a plan. And I'm not saying God doesn't, but just like it's more like a cop-out to me. I know God has good things, and it's just like maybe, you know, (laughs) maybe. Yeah. I know a lot of people that had good things, and bad things ended up happening, and they ended up, you know, dying or being in terrible pain. And it's just like that aspect of religion to me is is very, uh, just doesn't sit well. I just, I struggle. I, you know, I don't miss Sunday mornings. I don't miss meetings. I don't miss my fucking phone dying in the middle of the night because so many people have texted it or getting up and, like, before I even, like, get out of bed looking at my phone and being, like, I have 15 text messages I have to respond to and, like, three voicemails or one voicemail and two missed calls, you know, that didn't leave voicemails. And it's just, like, and then on top of that you have all the stuff to do and then you have like a support group over you that's not supporting you you know and then they're like you're not doing your job you're not calling people back and I'm like look at my phone dude look at my phone and I would do that you know like look at my fucking phone everyone called you and not the lead pastor yeah but I yeah and then you know I didn't plan for that to happen I didn't plan to be at that church actually you know we wanted to take the the roasting business downtown to actually where the caffeinery is. We looked at that space long before the caffeinery. It used to be like a, uh, I think it was called Cassandra's, and it was like a really cool kitchen apparel shop. And it was owned by a Ball State professor, and they just did it for fun. But they were getting older, I think, and, you know, it was like really expensive stuff. It was like, it was cool as fuck. And I, uh, they moved out, and, you know, one of the guys that, worked with us knew the people that own that space and we wanted to take the coffee shop or not even a shop just the roastery downtown and at that time you know it was still doing fairly well um but they they wouldn't allow it they gave the business away i mean they sold it but people never paid for it and then they lost 95 percent of our clients in the first month and by the second month 100 percent. damn so they didn't want to pay because they're like look this you know we were supposed to have this business and everybody's gone. It's like, because they sucked at roasting coffee. That's why. They thought like a roaster was a microwave. Just hit a button, which is not, you know, at all. But, yeah, that's why I wasn't, my my long-term goal was never to be there. I didn't like it there. I liked a lot of people there, but I didn't like it there. Yeah. Especially after the lead <coughs> pastor got fired that, was, that I was with. I mean, he was a, there's there's things I could say about him too, but you know, <laughs> he was involved in an accident, and you know, and 
I'll, I'll say a guy's name. I don't give a fuck. Like, guy will call me, and we'll talk every now and then. But, you know, guy had a different perspective on the gospel, and the other lead pastor had another perspective. And the beginning and the ends were the same, but all that gray area in the middle was very black and white. Which is basically all over the world. It's yeah. What creates new religions and beliefs yeah. and cultures and Yeah, I mean that's true, you know. <laughs> and that and that's like those are some of the things I struggled with too, after like being in the church for so long and in a working way. But just like, cause you would get the you would get some really interesting questions sometimes just being a pastor. But a lot of the questions were all rooted in that same unknowing, and they wanted to be confirmed. So one was, you know, it wasn't uncommon for younger people and even younger adults to ask like if the Native Americans were in hell, or you know, my so and so, my uncle died, and he wasn't, you know, he didn't like God. Is is he in hell? Things like that where, you know, you don't have an answer for. I mean, I have an answer. Like, I know. I'd, why would the Native Americans be in hell? You know what I mean? Like, but the church would be like, well, they didn't have Jesus. And I'm like, well, yeah. that's debatable. You know, that's debatable. Might not have had your definition of Jesus. Yeah. But, well, babe, I think we should stop for the night. Yeah. I, uh, we have homework. Oh, yeah. I have homework. School sucks. I'm just joking. It doesn't. What suck. time are we at? We are at 38 minutes. Let's go a few more minutes. Okay. <laughs> Could I have a drink of that? Yeah. What? What? Nothing. You're like, okay. <laughs> it's like I was just like, hey, I made you an appointment with a proctologist. You got to go tomorrow. <laughs> You're like, okay. <laughs> Sorry. I just have a lot of homework. No, I get it. School started up again. I'm, I figured out, though, what I did with school this week. What? Or this, like, past two weeks. And I do this every time. Um, but, you know, like, so I don't know what grad school is going to be like, so I'm, like, really nervous, right? But <laughs> I, I did, like, I'll set a bar where it's, like, if I do the least amount, like, what's the least amount I can do to, like, <laughs> get by? And, um, and still get, like, really good grades. So I did that this week. And I learned the hard way in one class <laughs> that I probably know probably about it. I, I, I'll have to study, like, yeah, pretty hard. You can't just fl- – you just can't just fly through grad school. Yeah. I mean, I took, like, quizzes today and got all A's and B's and never read any of the stuff. <laughs> but one of them I got, uh, you know – like a high D, low C, I don't know the actual. And you do not get those grades. No, no, but, you know, like, at the same time, like, part of me in my head, I know I want to get my PhD, but I don't know if I want to do it now. Maybe. Doubtful. I don't know. (laughs) Because I want to build my practice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't want to spend, you know, all these years going to get your PhD. Well, I think one thing, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I think one thing about your PhD is you can let it take as long as you want. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, but... Because I, I, I want to, like, live. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, I think, like, what I'd rather do is take that time and build my practice. Because so, it's still going to take me two years in the field after I graduate mm-hmm. to get my LMHC. 
and I'd rather have my own practice going than have the doctor title or the, you know, because, I mean, it's it's a PhD. It's not an MD. Like, right. You know, n- n- not downplaying it, but, like, in the sense of I could do what I want to do. So, but, you know, I do like trying to see how much I can. See how far you can go. Yeah, because I remember one time I wrote uh, one, there was one semester in my undergrad that I never opened the books. And I got all A's. So, yeah. I mean, that was, like, they had to be the easiest class. They weren't general. I mean, they were, like, it was my beginning of my senior year. So, I mean, they're, like, 400-level classes. But I can't do that now, though. Well, you're just really smart. No, I just think I... You're able to think. Well, you're going for, like, science. Yeah, I have a Bachelor of Science, but, like, it's a Bachelor of Science. So it's not a Bachelor of Arts, but like you're really studying science and that's very, it does change and it does like, you know, things do happen. But at the same time, it's not like a question I might get is like, how do you carry out a proper assessment like with a client? And I could go through my thing and and I add a lot of like what I do more than I add technical terms. Mm -hmm. Science, you can't do that. Mm -mm. Like what does a proton do? And you're like... Well, you know, if I was just sitting down <laughs> looking at protons, they would do this. And I try to do this so they're more comfortable, you know, where it's like, you know. Because, like, when I do an assessment, I use, like, informal and formal methods. So, like, the first one could be, like, you know, if they're wearing a flannel or black. I had a dude wearing, one time I had a, a guy wearing a white snake T-shirt. No joke. And I, I walked in the room. I was like, oh, dude, white snake. I was like, David Coverdale. And uh, he just started laughing. So that's like an informal, and we just start talking. Like, what other bands are you into, man? You know, but like, and then I'm like, get formal and start asking more directive questions that are for assessment. But you have to like break that in. Mm-hmm. Science, there's no. It's either like you're gonna open the door, or you're not. <laughs> yeah, like some of these questions are like, uh, which is the best example of a f- of a functional group? And then you have, uh, like, I don't even know how to explain it because I'm still so new into it. But it'll have, like, you have to know, like, the elements and, like, molecules and know what symbols mean what and go with what and what they mean and positive and negative charge and valence shells and, yeah, it's all this fun stuff. That doesn't sound fun, babe. That sounds fucking terrible. (laughs) And then anatomy along with it. Oh, yeah. Which I do, like, anatomy is a little easier for me. I don't want to say, it's not hard. It's just, it's still just a lot of material. Yeah. Mm. Well, we can end this, babe. Awesome. I see you're anticipating the end. (laughs) This episode 16, right? Yes. Yep. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Um, You can like our Facebook page, The Pastor and the Witch Podcast. Um, we also have a website, thepastorandthewitch.com, and our email if you have any questions. And also still accepting emails of any paranormal, um, you know, stories or ghost stories, whatever, that you'd like to share, and then we'll talk about it. Yeah, and, and Big D, we got your email. I'll respond back. Yeah. I promise. Worse is so busy that we're terrible <laughs> at, like, going through our email. So sorry about that. But yeah, um, our email is thepastorandthewitchpodcast at gmail.com. Have a good night.